there is a false doctrine in Christianity today that says that Christianity means everything is peaceful amongst people. And yes. that's not Christianity. Jesus right. literally says, I haven't come to bring peace, but the sword. But the sword. Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My, my name is Aaron Richards. Uh, I'm one of the co-hosts here on Beyond Damascus, uh, working with my friend Brad Pierin and Dan Demite. Hello, yes, hello. It's good to be here. This it is, is awesome. good to be here. Good to see you. In the uh, illustrious Damascus studio. It's been yes. a while since I've used that as an opening line. I do line, like but, that. Um, friends, we're, we're, we're glad you're, you're joining us today. Uh, we've, we just finished recording an awesome show. Check it out. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if you haven't caught up, if you haven't liked and subscribed this channel, uh, there's just, I love being in this chair because I get to hear it a couple weeks before you do. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so tune in. Um, we just, we just sat down with, with Janine King, one of our missionaries here, uh, and just great conversation that, that we were having about, um, meaningful, meaningful topics. And, uh, we're, we're kicking off, this is, I guess, still the end of the first week of Lent. Um, and I, I thought it'd be cool just to, Check in to see uh, where we're at, what our what our mm-hmm. process has been leading into Lent this year. I, I just had an amazing opportunity. I, I was down in Florida with my with my family, so I'm I'm sort of still getting my legs under me this week. But um, it's it's been a it's been a tremendously busy season, mm-hmm. and as as we are uh, continuing to endeavor in the in the work of the gospel, um, I just I wanted to check in with you guys and see see where you've been and what you what you've been up to, Brad. What's been on your on yeah. your heart and mind? Well, these as days? we're recording this, there's so much going on. Like you said, it's the first week of Lent, and a lot's happening here at Damascus. Yeah. We're concluding our um, missionary discernment season, which is an amazing season because we have so many amazing people that apply to be missionaries here at Damascus. And some of them are called to be missionaries outside of Damascus in this season, and some are called to be missionaries here with us in this season. So that's been happening. My wife, Nina, and I actually just bought a house, which is awesome because like, I think it's uh, one of those milestones that you kind of get to. And if you can actually enter into the process, I've been so blessed by how ignorant I am. Like just to <laughs> learn something, like there's not like that many things once you become an adult because you kind of get set in kind of your uh, not that many ways. things you don't know about because well, you're yeah, brilliant. Well, well, you don't. Well, no, 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 not There's me, not me, not me. Not me. No, not you know what life. I mean, though. But like, I actually like, I just like things that you have no context yeah. around. How do you like, buy like a house? literally when we were signing the papers, like they would say what it is, and I think I'm just in a season of my life too of curiosity, and I would actually just ask like, <laughs> what actually does that mean? Yeah. Because you're using that word, and usually I would just <laughs> nod my head and act like I know what you're. Meanwhile, saying. Meanwhile, the title agency is like, I hate this man. The worst. I love when I first saw a truth of. Ending sheet yeah. where they're like, "This is how much the house costs with interest. This is how much you'll you pay. pay." I'm like, "Yes." Uh, but by 2052 is what they told me. I was yeah. like, "Can I, I, am can I, I switch from the 30 to the 15?" <laughs> yeah, but then, then like, I think the uh, like, yeah, like what's like, what does escrow mean? Like, I don't know. There's yeah. so I think I'm in a season where the Lord's teaching me so much. So He's teaching me so much in that mutual discernment process where there are going to be people that um, don't agree with some of the decisions I yeah. make, and that's actually really like cool to reflect on. They're like, Lord, I'm doing your will. And there's going to be people that, that question if that's real. And that's awesome. And there's things I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome because there's just always more. So I'm in a season of learning for sure, but that's kind of a, a little bit of my rundown. Dan, where are you at? <laughs> oh man. All over the place. Yeah. You know, it's been, it's been a fun season right now. So, um, actually this morning in prayer, I was reflecting on the fact that, um, most of the, 
the hardship in my life right now has been self-imposed in the sense of like our, our postulates growing really fast. And a lot of the new initiatives Mm. that have caused me a lot of, um, really hard work and painful hard work. I'm like, no one's asked to do this except for me. Like I'm just imposing this. And, um, I started thinking about Lent and how like there's, like the act of fasting is, well, I'm in a time of consolation. Yeah. I should bring desolation upon myself through fasting to strengthen my will and mm-hmm. to draw me closer to Jesus. Why? Because if I'm constantly in constellation, mm-hmm. my 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 soul can become kind of fat and lazy a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so like this willed fasting is that I am imposing suffering upon myself in mm-hmm. order to draw me back into the heart of Jesus. And mm-hmm. I think just in mission, like our mm-hmm. goal should never be like, okay, like we're done. I'm complacent mm-hmm. now. Like my parish is operating well enough, or this like my like everything is said, like said, good enough. Said no work. pastor ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, just this idea of like uh, just drawing of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're expanding our mission at at the point in which it yeah. hurts. Like I'm hurting mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. because of the work we're doing. I yes. know, I know you're yes. hurting. Yes. You're hurting. I was talking to one of our other brothers, mm-hmm. Ben. He's hurting. We're all hurting because. <laughs> We're trying to grow the apostolate for Jesus. And no mm-hmm. one's telling us you have to do this work. We're yeah. actually literally just choosing to do this on our own, mm-hmm. which is what fasting is. I'm hurting in order to grow myself, yeah, right? Yeah. Or I'm hurting in order to intercede for something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I think that there's something about suffering. There's something about like, yeah, I'm willing to take the hit yeah. so that we can we can grow <laughs> the apostolate right. in this way. And I know it's kind of one of those things that's kind of like um it's like, man. Will will anyone ever know that I'm taking this hit right now when the when this fruit comes and it's like wait why am I even asking that nobody like, does like, come that yeah, question comes I'm, I'm There's counting no question. the cost why yes. am I counting like am I gonna will get anyone the know I'm up at midnight yeah. doing this thing yeah. because when it happens hopefully they yeah because everyone's it gonna back. rejoice when, yes. the, when the fruit comes because <laughs> people love the fruit right but do they do they love the sacrifice mm-hmm. and and it's just like wait no that's not my job isn't to get rewarded for the sacrifice yeah. it's mm-hmm. to put it in like Jesus wants us to fast in the secret. He mm-hmm. wants us to pray in the secret. And when we labor for him, he wants us to labor in the secret as well. So mm-hmm. if we're if you're laboring in his vineyard and you're like, am I getting recognized? Are people yeah. cheering for me? Chances are that's like that's like us trying to show off our fasting well, or show off well, our Well, and praying. we become like him. Like there's so many evident ways that he suffered, namely his passion, right? Mm-hmm. But like that was a little I, but bit I, but that, I could, that, he was a show off in that man. man. <laughs> but no. he didn't reveal to us like the suffering that comes from taking God and placing him him in man. Yeah. Like like the outside of space and time yeah. being. Yeah. Becoming finite well, like, 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 like that in little, and of itself would have such if suffering is that which kind of like rubs us and holds yeah. us back and confines us well and you get a glimpse of it in the garden of gethsemane but i doubt that was the only time jesus was in that place of like oh my the like the bearing the weight of his mission right mm-hmm. or even just bearing that like when it says that he yeah. weeped over jerusalem like <laughs> right. to see an entire nation that he loved so deeply mm-hmm. in a people that he had given everything to already mm-hmm. and was now going <laughs> to give everything else to yeah. like give his very life yeah. and he's weeping over them like do you even care like do yeah. you get mm-hmm. it like it, like is it all of this for not no, that's good Lynn brings us into that yeah oh man yeah I, i'm really glad that we're doing the show together, guys. I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't anticipate this when I asked that question. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, Our prayer life is barren, Jerome. <laughs> we need, we need to, right I now. think we need to hang out more together. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Probably <laughs> uh, so. Somebody, somebody asked me, Dan, just yesterday, um, you know, 
how's life? That's a loaded question. Yeah. And I was like, ah. Do you actually want me to answer that? <laughs> the answer is yeah. full. But I, um, I do yeah. think that that's, yeah, that's, it's a well, good. Well, I shared, I shared with him that, that it, it's, it's really been a season of wrestling with the burden of leadership. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm. and he, this was a, a visiting priest and a longtime friend. And he, uh, he looked around and he's like, you guys are doing amazing work. Like, what, what do you, what do you struggle with? <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, I was able to just communicate that, you know, mm-hmm. as, as we're asking ourselves, how can we, how can we honor the Lord and the, and the gift that he's made and the call that he's placed on our lives by, um, by amplifying this work? Like we need to make sure that we're doing things right in a way that honors the people who've given their lives. And it's just, uh, yeah, yeah. The, I think the, the burden of leadership has been, has been, mm-hmm. and I always say that leadership, like the burden of discipleship yeah. mm-hmm. has, has been profound. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, uh, it's it's really it's really beautiful. You know, we're we're kind of operating right now in this season in time um, in the spring of the year twenty twenty two, right? As as we're struggling with simple things like running mm-hmm. a, a postulate here in Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, we're watching in the news that there's there's just widespread suffering throughout mm-hmm. um, throughout the Ukraine and Russia, and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a lot of stuff that 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 sobers us in our experience mm-hmm. as we step into this season of Lent. And um, I thought for today's show, it could be really fruitful um, for us to to kind of instead of a testimony or mm-hmm. uh, a, a particular you know um, formation for mission, to really start from an orientation of of looking at sort of this this theological reflection on um, on a particular type of suffering because I think that it can charge us as mm-hmm. missionaries to li- really live our lives. Um, from the appropriate orientation of heart. So my hope today is is to to reflect on the the last beatitude mm-hmm. that the Lord speaks in the Gospels. Um, Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for my sake, for uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and I, I'll reveal my sources early on that I, I wanted to go through this, and I was I was really moved by reflecting on a, a homily that Pope Francis gave a couple years ago mm-hmm. on the Beatitudes. Um, but you know, starting, it's important for us to remember, Dan, as you were saying, that like this bearing the weight of of leadership, bearing the weight of mission, uh, it reminds us that like that that we we have to operate from a place of total dependency on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or else, or else this thing isn't his anymore; it's ours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I think that was my that was my reflection. So it's it's pertinent that that today's uh, reflection takes place at the kickoff of Lent. Mm-hmm. It's 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 pertinent that although certainly the world's never at peace, that I think today's reflection mm-hmm. takes place in the midst of like global conflict, mm-hmm. um, because because there's there's meaning and there's value to suffering, mm-hmm. and and the Lord wants to teach us something through that, mm-hmm. and. And I think we'd be it, it'd be ridiculous to suggest that there's a single person who's who's watching or listening to today's show, who who can't who can't sit here and be honest and say, you know what, yeah, this is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's in the lifeblood of the church too. What I love about the church is that it's seasonal by its nature, and Mother Church gives us the Lenten season to actually practice suffering, right? And and practice suffering well, because the way that we respond to suffering that we impose on ourselves Mm -hmm. is the way that we'll respond to the suffering imposed upon us by others, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I'm actually in this Lenten season 
journeying with the Lord to prepare for whenever I might be persecuted. Because I know what it's like to actually feel that desolation you were talking about, Dan, and to stay the course. Mm -hmm. And I'll be really honest with you guys. Like you mentioned Ukraine, Aaron. The night that that happened, I was actually sitting in the chair where I take my personal prayer time in my apartment. And I was, I was so affected. Like my heart, like my heart went out in a way that isn't necessarily like foreign to me, but it definitely caught me by surprise. Like I didn't think, and I was watching this video of the first shots that were fired in in this um, altercation, this war between uh, Russia and Ukraine. And I feel like in my heart, what I began realizing is that like, Lord, first of all, like the suffering that is in the world is oftentimes much bigger than the sufferings in my life. But let me do this, Lord. Let me take these sufferings seriously and keep you in them so that if something this big ever did come my way, you would keep me in line with you. Does that make sense? Like it was just this, this call of my heart of like, I get so caught up in complaining about the busy schedule, like in my heart. I don't, I think I've done well in my life to not do it out loud and and to bring others into it. But in my heart, it's like, why am I up till one o'clock again? Mm -hmm. Like, why am I talking to this person from a different country who's applying to be a missionary who I know can't be because of their scheduling conflict? Mm -hmm. Well, because Lord, I think there's, there's something to what you're doing here. Um, but like when something like I, I, I hope know, I hope that person is like, not surprised by listening. Yeah, to no, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. We had a good conversation about it. Well, they are able to be a missionary, just not at Damascus in this season. But um, yeah. Anyway, I I don't know. I I think that all of that is is laying the foundation for this yeah. beatitude that the the church gives us seasons, and those seasons are meant for us to prepare ourselves for other things that will happen in our lives. Mm. And I think that it's it's amazing that the Lord blesses those who are persecuted. And it's like, well, that doesn't seem right. That's like the last thing that I would think about when I think blessings. Well, blessed are the persecuted because if they've remained in me, they're prepared for it and they'll be yeah. closer to me in it than they would be without it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, but so Pope Francis is a boss uh, and most popes are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I love I love the, the way that he started this reflection was he identified that... Um, once again, just like to bring validation to our experience of suffering. Uh, the, the, the Beatitudes, um, they address various topics of the heart, right? And, and the, first, the first Beatitude is, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. Mm-hmm. I know, Brad, that's, that's, you're a big fan of that one, mm-hmm. right? For, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And in this, in this last Beatitude, he wraps it up again, and he offers the same exact reward as the first one. It's like, it's like bookends, where, where mm-hmm. if you want to receive the kingdom of heaven, then enter in with with poverty of spirit, and guess what? Prepare to bring value to your suffering, mm-hmm. right? That that the from in the last beatitude, finally we get this we get this little taste of reality that hey, if you're doing the work of the gospel, it's not always going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And um, we were reflecting before the show a little bit, you know, in in our various experiences here at Damascus, like uh, over the course of twenty years, as as we've grown from you know, Dan and I starting as, as little infantile uh, youth, you know, <laughs> high, high school students, youth ministers, leading yes, vacation Bible children. Uh, you know, and and um, Brad joining us at the peak of maturity. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, just the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle. We, we, we screwed some things up along the way. Yeah. Like we've, we've, uh, we've made mistakes. We've ticked some people off and... Um, no, it's, I've never ticked anyone off. That's that is one thing that has never happened. The work of the gospel is is the work of the gospel. It um, it causes it causes frustration. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
it causes it causes frustration and 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 Pope Francis speaks of this particularly I'll I'll, I'll try to find his words a little bit later but mm-hmm. basically you know he he identifies that there's a there's a friction that takes place um and and it's there's a friction that takes place when you've when you've oriented your heart to Jesus mm-hmm. and you exist in the midst of a world that hasn't mm-hmm. yeah um and and we should expect that friction to generate mm-hmm. fruit, right? Mm-hmm. That 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 something will manifest when we when mm-hmm. we exist in this place. And ultimately, you know, there's going to be people who who are who are unhappy with us, and there's going to be people who, seemingly for for no reason or for or for a small reason, have mm-hmm. a big reaction. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. That that's kind of par for the course. Mm-hmm. Well, the, it causes frustration and friction. With like within the world, right? Because yeah. uh, the gospel can sometimes be contrary to worldly mindsets, but also even within the church, I've noticed because it's this mm-hmm. this idea of the prophetic spirit is always crying out for more, yeah. right? And so if, if if there's always a cry for more, that means there's never an ability to be complacent. And so yeah. the, the the friction of the gospel is yeah. there will mm-hmm. always be a friction between the hunger for more and, and, and that tendency within man to settle for comfort and complacency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, like... Uh, uh, a parish priest can feel friction with his people because he wants more for them and maybe they mm-hmm. aren't ready for more or maybe the people hungry for the more for their priest and he's not ready for more there can become that that friction or like in our brotherhood mm-hmm. like i want more for you or mm-hmm. you want more for me and there's that mm-hmm. that hunger for more yeah. can just cause it when i love that we're using the word friction because friction causes fire right and if we hearken back mm-hmm. to our episode on hell Right. And, mm-hmm. and like, well, the importance of hell, the fact that it gives us free choice. Right. Uh, I was talking a little bit in that episode about, um, about the Eastern fathers and how they would talk about hell, um, just being part of the all consuming fire of God. There's only one fire on the other side of death and it's the fire, the all consuming fire of God. And that fire either consumes us purifies us yeah. or we're repelled by it. When when friction happens in the world, when Christians create friction, a fire starts mm-hmm. and it will it will consume some in a very positive way. It will purify others. We see it all the time in the work of ministry. And some it will repel. Like like there will be yeah. some people that that feel singed by it and that push back against it. But that's the very model the Lord has given us yep. in the kingdom of heaven, right? Yep. The very kingdom of heaven is a fire of the all-consuming God. And here on earth, we're bringing a fire like that, and it's going to have the same responses so that I always, we have on the I, my, my litmus test is, the, um, what, 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 what did you say? Like people are repelled, repelled by it. By it yeah. Like my, my, I love the, this beatitude because it says, blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. And so am mm-hmm. I being persecuted for him or am I being persecuted because I'm a jerk? Right? Well, well, so Pope, <laughs> yeah. Francis, Pope Francis says that, that um, hmm. we need to be careful not to, not to parallel persecution with contempt. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So he says, he says like, we, we, we can't have a soft understanding of suffering. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that, and that there's such a good word. There will be a natural contempt that exists yeah. when, um, you know, he, he identifies that Jesus tells us as Christians that we are the salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. Like we're supposed to flavor, flavor things. things. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's going to ultimate, that's going to put us at odds with, with a flavorless culture. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but at the same time, um, when we lose the flavor of Christ and his gospel, we're going to bring mm-hmm. a different type of contempt. Yep. Yeah. And we've had experience with that too. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. Of, of just of just doing things poorly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, if I, because the, it's possible for me to communicate something, a message with total love, 
and the person doesn't receive it. It's also possible for me to communicate a truth that is rude and condescending and the person (laughs) doesn't receive it. If I get persecuted for the latter, it's because of me, not because of Christ. Mm -hmm. Well, and I would also say like, if we could just slow everything down and just look that in in the work of mission and in the work of evangelization, we are an imperfect people trying to put into practice a perfect work of God. Mm-hmm. By that's very nature, <laughs> we will like we're going to fail. If, we're going to stumble. But like if God but, would have placed His own us. like perfection inside <laughs> yes, of us. True, true. <laughs> yet, yet we also know that in having that perfection inside of us, yes. the concupiscence that is ours. I know. Um, but no, but I do think that it is worth just making it that elementary. Like if we fear persecution or we fear misstepping or we fear offending someone, you mm-hmm. know, go into the nth degree. Well, well, we shouldn't have to carry that fear because if we just reason back to the elementary principle, it's yep. that we're an imperfect people trying to put a perfect plan into practice. Yeah. That's going to have some yeah. some like kinks along the way. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so so thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you are a person who has uh experienced suffering in your life, it's probably because you did something stupid, right? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe because maybe because in our experience of of communicating the gospel, like we've just we we've caused friction, okay? Mm-hmm. Those are those are two good things, but then the 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 other reality exists that when we align ourselves with the mission of Jesus, we will experience persecution. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know we've, we've talked about it in the past that, uh, that you know, there is, there is more authentic, real persecution that exists mm-hmm. in the church today than there ever has mm-hmm. been at any point in church history, mm-hmm. right? When we look at the expansion of the church in, in China or even in Africa, right, that there are, there are places, there are more martyrs today than there were martyrs in, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Some, First century, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's real. Uh, ridiculous. You could, uh, what is it, that, that there have been more martyrs in the last like 80 years than there have been in the entire entire history of the church yeah. mm-hmm. leading up to that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's an invitation for us, I think, especially as, as we preach to a, to a culture that's mostly, you know, Western, mostly mm-hmm. American, mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that we come into an understanding of what it means not only to learn how to be a better evangelist so we mm-hmm. don't tick people off, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Learn how to be a, a more effective evangelist so that we can most effectively flavor and create contempt mm-hmm. in the world, mm-hmm. right? So that we can so that we can charge people and convict people to a message that can transform their lives. Yeah. Um, but also how to how to be a, a missionary who's who's ready to step into the place of realizing that in order for me to actually live this well, I need mm-hmm. to realize that I can't count the cost when it comes to the fact that this mission is going to require of me my very life. Right. Well, and, and so, well, yeah, I mean, we can't count the cost because, well, sufferings, let's start there. Suffering's always imposed, right? So suffering is either imposed on me by me, imposed on me by others, or imposed on me by a fallen world, right? So that, that's just, that suffering's going to come from one of those three things. I'm either imposing suffering on myself, fasting, um, abstinence, all those things. It's being imposed on me by others. We call that persecution. Good. Or I'm in a fallen world where I've had this suffering taken on. Yep. The, the first and the last, the one where I'm imposing it on myself and it's imposed on me by a fallen world, I can take that, offer it to the Lord, and live in that. Those are actually the opportunities that I prepare for that middle one when it's imposed on me by others. Mm-hmm. And those can be people in the church like you're talking about, Dan, or those outside the church like you're talking about, Aaron. But that's, in my opinion, that has to be where counting the cost comes in, is that I actually feel like one of the last two, I'm either having a suffering imposed on me that's mm. unjust 
or different than others have on them, or someone's imposing something on me that I think is unjust. So I guess what I'm trying to get at there is I'm naturally going to count the cost if that's the case. But if I begin seeing that actually, Lord, the way by which I am actually experiencing your kingdom, the way by which I'm actually living in that tension, that friction place that grows me, suffering will be there but I can actually choose how to respond to it. And that's, again, I'm going back to that idea that I, I'm imposing it on myself in this Lenten season so that I can prepare for these areas of persecution. And I yep. think to your point, how many people count the cost of having to wake up early to pray that are being persecuted? Very little. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of times we in the Western world are counting the cost because we're actually failing to impose any suffering on ourselves yeah. or failing to have any like... I don't know, suff real suffering imposed on us by others. So we live in this kind of like, well, <laughs> I don't know. We count the cost because they're like this suffering tension place I'm not living in. So anyway, mm -hmm. I'm trying to like set this groundwork of like, I think suffering by its nature has to come from one of three impositions. And I think that we do well in the church to teach that we can impose it on ourselves so that we can be better when it's imposed on us by others or when it's imposed upon us by the world. But I don't well, know. What's, what's the danger, that. Brad, of... Of, of of a Christian who believes and like we do that 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 we are called to live a life of of mission mm -hmm. when when you haven't aligned yourself to that fact yes and I I I would yes I think it would be the fact that we're called to live in mission but if we're not regularly handling suffering alongside the Lord but are trying to handle it absent the Lord yeah. we will by nature fear going into the world on mission because when the world imposes suffering on us we are all of a sudden knocked off of our our goal and our aim. So I think that actually one of the huge uh, hindrances to to mission is fear the of fear of persecution. Yeah, I mean it's gonna it's gonna like what happens if I say something and they reject me? So I'm not going mm -hmm. to say it, or because uh, I mean I think it's so classic, like what like a, a fear of like evangelizing in the workplace that I could lose my job. It's uh, hmm. I mean a, a, fear of evangelizing your family. Yeah, yes. right? yeah, because of the inconvenience of what that may be. And I mean Jesus makes it very clear that that sharing the gospel with others and and Him as our Lord should Beautiful. take precedent over everything. Thing. And unless you're willing to lose your family, willing to lose your job, willing to lose it all for my sake, I think Jesus and, said that. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And yeah, so, yeah. But I don't think we live that. And I think it is that fear, like that. There's just this. We don't live mission because we're afraid of persecution. We don't live, and and I I think we don't live mission because we assume that people are going to persecute us. And I wonder if we could get huh. to the place where. Well, it's actually the fear, not the persecution itself, is what you're saying, right? Like, yeah. we like I'm hesitant to do it, not because persecution actually waits there, yeah. but I think it might. Yeah, wait I mean, there. like I, I was sharing before the show, I don't think there are very few times where I've actually been like persecuted by a non-Christian, right? Like mm -hmm. that they like there's times where they uh, disagree with me, and we make it in like like there's there's uh, but like true persecution, no, like it, like mm -hmm. usually when I dive into a conversation, a person receives the conversation and there's at least dialogue. And so I, I think mm -hmm. the the idea of so many of our fears are maybe they're not even founded. Um, but how, how like so how do I how can we overcome this like fear of persecution? I think one, one find value and love in um, in persecution. So like I actually like uh, one of the. I'd been praying. I think one of my biggest experiences in prayer to shift my mindset of how good, like, like to thank God through persecution hmm. is to. Uh, we were experiencing something, just a really weighty 
um, persecution upon our ministry. And at that same time, we had been crying out for like God to send signs and wonders on our ministry. And uh, I was crying out for more breakthrough. We wanted to see more signs and wonders. We wanted to see the more of God. Uh, we wanted the kingdom of God to come to earth. Mm-hmm. And and then all of a sudden, this really weighty persecution came upon our ministry. And I remember like weeping. Uh, I, like I felt so, so weighted down by this persecution. Like, why is this happening? Why is this mm-hmm. happening? And this beatitude came. The reward came to mind. Like, blessed are those who are persecuted, for the, the kingdom of God shall be theirs. And the Lord said, you've been asking that the kingdom of God would be manifested in your ministry. I'm simply bringing the mm-hmm. means by which I can bring that. And so the persecution is the means by which the kingdom is released here <laughs> mm-hmm. on earth. And so it's like, oh my gosh, like resurrection can't happen until crucifixion happens. It's this happens, then mm-hmm. this happens. And when I realized that, I fell to my knees just weeping of like, Lord, like you're answering my prayers. Like you're actually going to bring the kingdom of God here because the persecution is a sign that it's coming. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if we can see persecution in that in that light, it allows us to see it not as an obstacle, but a, as a blessing. Mm-hmm. And and to like actually thank God for the momentary suffering we may have, mm-hmm. so that He can bring more fruit uh, yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Uh, the 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 homily of the letter says rejection and persecution are a testimony of an authentically lived Christian life, mm-hmm. and also that the drama of persecution is the place of liberation from subjection mm-hmm. to the world's success, vainglory, mm-hmm. and compromise. Mm-hmm. So, like persecution accomplishes for us, um, it it's a fruit of Christian life. Like there's, I think there's, there's two possible fruits of Christian life because we live in a here now and not yet kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like either we're going to manifest Jesus and it's going to transform hearts, mm-hmm. right? Or we're going to manifest Jesus and we're going to end up on the cross. Yep. Yeah. And both are really good options. Both are yes, really good yes. options. Yes. Well, it's giving me this, like, I love what both of you are saying. Cause it's, it's, um, I think that we have attributed like, um, I don't know. Here's what I'm trying to say. I, I I think that we have given the highest status to temporal harmony. That like the reason that I'm the reason that suffering is is such a shock to me or such a deterrent for me is because I've made the ultimate good in my life temporal harmony. So I don't impose suffering on myself because I just want to be in harmony. I want to I want to like transcend yeah. the circumstance, right? Like. I, I, I don't like, I don't actually know how to respond to the suffering imposed by others through persecution because that must mean I did something wrong. If they're persecuting me, I did something wrong because I broke up the harmony. Or if the world by some way, shape or form in its fallenness imposes suffering on me through illness, disease, natural disaster, all of a sudden I'm like, well, the harmony of the earth is kind of thrown off. And we've seen humans wrestle with these thoughts over time, right? Like, like, I don't know. Well, it's even a false gospel. So I think there is a false doctrine in Christianity today that says that Christianity means everything is peaceful amongst people. And that's not Christianity. Jesus literally says, I haven't come to bring peace, but the sword. sword. No, I agree. there, there, There is an element where this friction is natural. And so and and just break it down to because I think sometimes you were in too abstract. Yeah, yeah, like breaking it down just to the family. So why don't I why don't I share the gospel with my family? It's because I've convinced myself that the the best Christian state in my family 
is peace or harmony, as you would say, right? Like that no one's at odds with each other. And so I'm not going to bring it. uh, And and clearly every individual situation requires pastoral sensitivity and and clear thought on what is God asking me to do. But but we're afraid that if we we stir the pot, that's going to end up bad. And I love what you said here. And whenever I manifest Jesus, one of two things happens. Either people come to relationship with Jesus or I get persecuted and end up crucified like Jesus. But both end, both of those end in people coming to Jesus because the mm-hmm. the blood of the martyrs truly is yeah. the seed uh, of the conversion of the world. And so, like whether I manifest Jesus and people come to Jesus then and there, praise you, Lord. Or if I manifest Jesus and people persecute me and crucify me mm-hmm. in yeah. whatever way modern day crucifixion would look. Like the fruit of that is still going to be conversion of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't see it immediately. That's great. Yeah, I've even thought about that when it comes to the podcast. If I'm being honest, like as we talk about some of the topics we talk about on here, I'm like, okay, all of my thoughts that aren't fully fleshed out yet, that I'm actually fleshing out a lot of times as we're talking, are going to be made public, right? And so there's there's this at D- times David and, Gabe and Gabe act as a good filter. <laughs> yeah, us. they they do well to like edit out the nonsense. I'm just kidding, but like I think um. I think I'm just going into what you're talking about there, Dan, is there's like, there's actually the ability for me to put out there exactly what I'm thinking in the Lord and letting whatever comes come. Because if I have my faith in the Lord and if I'm really working things out for his glory, and if I'm really trying to contend with these difficult topics that we're discussing on this podcast regularly, then that means that I actually like along the way, I'm probably going to have some missteps, but anything that comes that way, I can actually trust that the Lord is going to accompany me in it. I don't know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And, and it's not always going to be harmonious. Well, I'm not even in a harmonious relationship with myself most yeah. of the time. You know, like yeah. most of the time <laughs> I'm at word. odds with me. Yeah. In, in prayer, I, I'm at odds. Like God, like what are, yeah. what's going on right now? Right. Uh, th- which I think, so earlier I said one way to overcome the fear of persecution is actually to see persecution as a blessing that's leading to yeah. the greater blessing of the reward. Mm-hmm. I think the second way is to truly like... Um, there's no fear of uh, of persecution if I if I have no need for approval of others. When when my when all of my approval comes to the fa- from the Father, um, then then I don't fear persecution. Why? Because it's impossible to reject someone who's already fa- been found acceptable. And in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus, through the Father, we're already found acceptable. Like, behold, this is what my well-beloved Son with whom I am pleased, right? And so if the Father is pleased with me, there's no yeah. concern of being, like, I can't, the world can't reject me. I'm already accepted, right? Like, yeah. And, and I li- when I live in a place of acceptability yeah. from the Father, yeah. it, it truly, like, I don't feel rejection. So, mm-hmm. like, people may... May re- like reject me, but I don't feel any rejection. Mm-hmm. I'm literally in his acceptability, yeah. and there's there's so much freedom in that. And I, I don't think I'm living in that, but I I have found quite a bit of freedom. And every time I I move into a, a greater depth of that, of understanding the opinion of others, literally doesn't matter at all because I'm already living in this like this 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 if you will this a shadow of acceptance. Yeah. Can I ask you a, a question on that? Yeah. So what would you say to the people who when they hear that think that that sounds great living from a place of acceptability. But oftentimes if you have a large number of people who are all frustrated with you, the least common denominator is you. So at what point do I actually set aside the acceptability of the Lord and look to others and think to myself, am I doing something that's good or bad here? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that goes back to the very, like, earlier in the show when we talked about, like, are they, am I being persecuted for his sake or sure. because I'm a jerk, right? Yeah. Or, like, am I being, or some like, flaw or in some, me. yeah, like, like a virtue, there's a lack, a lack of, of character. Virtue. Yeah. yeah, and so, and, and I think that's just all personal discernment. There's no way to set a standard. Like, when when tension comes, I, I should ask yeah. myself, and a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately, most of the time, uh, as Aaron could say, am I, am I, um, Life, a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, in the, our early years especially, but still even today, a lot of times the friction, oh, yeah. like, who's oh, the yeah. cause of the friction in my life? It's almost always Dan. Yeah, right. right. Dan and is the so, biggest source of my persecution. <laughs> yeah. No, but, uh, no, I get it. And but so, going back to that's good. So self-knowledge of that is critical. But you can live both. I think that's why I wanted to both, ask yeah. that. Is I, I can I can do both. I can actually go live, and, um, and Aaron, you and Dan have taught me this over time, but, like, I can actually go and walk in a place where I noticed myself as acceptable to the Father at all times, but also looking at, at how others are understanding me and yeah. the way that I'm presenting them the yeah. gospel. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I want to wrap it up maybe in a, in a, in a phrase that like we, we need to operate from a place where, where fear of persecution doesn't impact us because we don't operate from a place of fear of others, but also that we strive for excellence. Absolutely. Like, like be excellent. Yeah. You know, um, you see uh, one of, one of the, one of my favorite stories in scripture, just because it's so peculiar, mm-hmm. is when Jesus walks by the fig tree that's out of season mm-hmm. and he demands that it bear fruit and then he curses it because it didn't. Yeah. And uh, it's like, that, that just doesn't make a lot yeah, of sense. That is me. <laughs> Poor fig tree. Like, yeah, it's yeah. out of season. It's out of season. <laughs> and, and even the, even the, the apostles kind of question him on it. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I love it when, when, you get a, when you get a commentary on a story like that and it, it notes that the apostles questioned Jesus. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder I wonder what was actually happening on their faces in that yeah, moment. Yeah, right, right, like, right. Uh, by the way, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I know you what? did just walk on water, but I got, <laughs> but, a, I got a small question. But let's question. talk about the fig tree. <laughs> so, I, so, so Jesus, like, Jesus expects fruit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and he expects a level of excellence from us, mm-hmm. uh, even, even beyond our natural capacity to produce it. Yeah. Right? That Jesus, Jesus can look to us and he can expect us to bear fruit out of season. Like he can expect us to bear fruit in a way that can that can manifest the kingdom when it seems impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we need to be receptive to that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. great. Praise the Lord. Yeah, we would have if we'd recorded this show Dan 15 years ago, we probably would have had a whole lot of persecution to talk about, right? <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. But it it wouldn't have been mm-hmm. well founded. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would have been founded on the fact that that we were two, you know, renegade you know, teenagers who were, well, who were trying to do some things. Both and because I think the like w- like I was sharing earlier, like whenever whenever you're doing, it's the friction. So whenever you're calling for change, yes. there will be friction. And I think yes. a lot of times people who are um, living life in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit inspires them to bring some sort of change, right? Mm-hmm. And that change causes friction. And so persecution sometimes comes forth from that. How, how you respond to that is the most important thing. And yeah. so is, is, is it, I'm, call, I'm bringing change. Am I, am mm-hmm. first, am I bringing change in the best way possible? So yeah. am I excellent in the way I'm striving to bring change? Or am I just a bull in a china shop? And secondly, when when the friction comes, am I responding to that friction as best as possible? Because uh, we we do um, 
change agents love to crucify themselves so that they they can glorify themselves if you will mm-hmm. right like it's very easy that like okay i have a legitimate call to bring change yeah. and when everyone gets frustrated with that i'm just going to like i'm going to talk about how how i'm get, being so persecuted through it all as opposed to truly saying no like actually okay how can i bring this change more effectively win over as many people as possible and and, and usher the, the well, and that's the danger of the fear of persecution is actually persecution is that which produces the excellence you're talking about, Aaron, that like whether the persecution is warranted or not. Okay. So let's say someone's persecuting me, whether it's warranted or not, whether it's some deficiency in me or some deficiency in them, either way, when persecution comes to me, it gives me the opportunity to self-reflect. Yep. It gives me the opportunity to reflect on excellence. So when that persecution comes, I begin thinking to myself, Lord, how much am I like you right now? Mm-hmm. Is this coming from a founded place? Are they are they presenting something to me where you desire me to change? Or are they presenting something to me where you desire me to stand strong? It, sh- it should actually be an invitation yep. for us to go back to the Lord and to reflect on how excellently I'm living my life because the fear of persecution is so detrimental because it doesn't allow us to actually contend with persecution, which is actually that which creates the greatest saints. Like the greatest saints come out of persecution because they reflect on themselves of like, Lord, how well am I representing you? How much do I look like you? How excellent I've always loved living. that phrase. Like we always, like, we always say, the greatest saints. How can you be a greatest saint? Like, yeah, I mean, I feel like if you're ask a saint, Mary you're and a Joseph, saint. I guess I don't know. <laughs> well, no, I do. I get ignorant like, of that. There's like okay, levels Lord, to I'll heaven. Be I don't one know. Of the lesser saints. Yes, I'm I mean, like that. if you get me in level one of heaven, I mean, I'm I'll pretty good. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, you're right. It does. There's something it, it could, because it, trial brings greatness out of you. Yes, which is so exciting. Well, well Mary, yeah. the Pieta. Yeah. Look at the Pieta. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. th- there it is. So, yeah. okay, son, go into the world that'll destroy you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like go, go for it. And yeah. and and after it destroys you, I'll hold you here and offer you once again to the world. Well, and the, the troubling thing, especially as we meditate on the current situations in our world, the the it's very easy for people with a missionary zeal to find themselves all feeling called to labor inside the church. And one of the, the hardships of my life is that uh, I know, like, okay, so I feel like I'm where God wants me. I've discerned that I am in the position where God wants me. And yet there are so many great needs out there that, like, unless I'm here in my current position helping to satisfy those needs, I'm not sure if I'm doing the greatest good. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not explaining, to explain it a little bit differently. So, like, I'm laboring to raise up like more missionary disciples, right? Mm-hmm. Inside the church. Because I'm laboring to raise up more missionary disciples inside the church, I'm not laboring to bring salvation of souls in China, or I'm not laboring to transform the culture of mm-hmm. death in America. I'm not fighting against the strongholds that the evil one has on our American uh, political structures, right? Mm-hmm. That there are like legit major catastrophes happening in our world right mm-hmm. now. And I've almost removed myself from those battlefields in order to be in this arena. Mm-hmm. And and unless I'm doing more good here in this arena, I should ask myself, should I go to a different battlefield? And I think a lot of times Christians immediately go to the place of, well, no, I'm not called to do that. I'm not called to do that. I'm not called to do it. But I think we should ask ourselves, 
Am I called to do that? Well, yeah, or am I just, the, or am I just not language. wanting to be persecuted? Right? Yeah, the call language. I mean, man, we can hide behind the call language all day. Yeah. Good. I'm glad not glad called. I, I am called. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, I do. I think we do that all the time. I, I mean, myself included. I'll be speaking something. I'll say I'm called or not called, but a call comes from the Lord. Yeah. So I can think or not think, but I'm not called or not called until yeah. I talk to the Lord about it. Like, and I, I hear this all the time in missionary discernment, you know, like I'm just not called to that in this season. It's like, well, you don't think that that's where you want to be in this season. Have yeah. you have you gone to the Lord? Like because like we do that in vocation too. Is like I just feel really called to this vocation. It's like yeah, yeah like have you talked to the Lord about that, or like yeah. do you just think this vocation would be cool? Because that's still cool, but let's not call it a call unless it's a yeah, call yeah. because it can happen. Because it's almost the trump card. It's yeah. like you can't you can't contend with me now because I've told you that I'm not called to it. But it's like no, I want to press into that yeah. because. Yeah. Well, and one of the the uh, if you haven't seen the movie Amazing Grace, um, it's just it's 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 an amazing movie of what's the guy's name? Is it William Wilberson or something? He was um, the guy who uh, um, worked with Parliament in England to end hmm. slavery in England, and hmm. they trace his life and the amount of persecution and the amount of suffering he goes through, but the way he clings to the Lord through all of that, and like so. Most of the time in church world, we 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 exalt the people who are working in church world. Like Mother Teresa is is the greatest saint because she was like she was doing the holy church things, right? Like caring for the poor and the suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy was contending against the stronghold of slavery, mm-hmm. experiencing immense suffering, and brought the end of it. You know, like he brought mm-hmm. the the end of um uh, of slavery slavery in England. Um, it's like oh mm-hmm. my gosh, like. W- like, do we see the nobility of that, right? Mm-hmm. All the suffering, all the pain, all the persecution he took on, and and he was yeah. called to that, mm-hmm. to end something horrendous. And and do we, uh, I don't know, I guess sometimes like adoration and prayer and all of these things are critical for our foundations, but they're not the end. They're, they're actually the launching pad that mm-hmm. launch us to become great missionaries, the shift nations, and shifting nations isn't just proclaiming the gospel. Sometimes it's going against the world's strongholds, which is going to bring a ton of persecution. Yeah. Uh, the, so this, this letter from, from Pope Francis says, compromise with the world is the danger. So the mm. Christian is always tempted to make compromises with the world, with the spirit of the world. But the, the Spirit of God leads us to have so much love in our hearts that we offer to the world an uncompromising life in the face of its deceptions and accepting its rejection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so when, we, when we receive persecution from the, from the world, right? You know, I, I'm sure that uh, whatever the... Was it William? I don't, um, I don't know. Sad, yeah. Sadly, see, I don't even know. No, I don't I, know his name. No, I have. Right? I need to watch them. He's movie. a legend. I, I do recall watching that film and being inspired by it. But mm-hmm. like in in that moment, in that yeah. day, like that was a hostile scenario. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but but his work wasn't only fruitful; it was transformative. Like his yep. witness was transformative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, by the fact that we're talking about it. Yeah, hundreds yeah. of years later. Yeah, well, and right. by the fact that it actually shifted something. That's, right? that's yeah. That's what really I was looking cool at. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, we do always come into this show with with a good uh, sense of where we're going, but I, I think we've we've landed on something really profound mm-hmm. here. That that there's there's two ways of looking. There's two ways that we need to look at persecution. One is from an orientation of the heart, and the mm-hmm. other is is a necessary response. Mm-hmm. And um, Dan, you, you kind of outlined the two orientations of the heart that that a Christian needs to have in in receiving and accepting persecution. The first was that we see per- persecution as a blessing, mm-hmm. which ultimately is leading to a reward, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
Why? Because if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me, right? He, <laughs> yeah. he, I get he, to live Jesus's life. He offers this to us. Uh, you know, he, he had eight ways to say it and he chose this way. Yeah, we lift high as persecution. We have crucifixes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. I was, I was <laughs> quick aside, <laughs> I was reflecting the other day uh, in the gospel, Jesus says, those who want to follow after me will pick up their cross. Uh, what is it? Deny yeah, themselves. Deny themselves, pick up their cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that phrase make sense before the crucifixion? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like the 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 cross was the cross was redeemed when Jesus suffered on it and then mm-hmm. was resurrected. Oh, yeah, to life. when they yes. received that, they're like, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> See, yeah, like literally what <laughs> yes. they were receiving because they, yeah they weren't they were not receiving our metaphor that, that, that cross That wasn't a promise. No, no, well, no, well, no but it, but none of it, the thing is we've made it metaphor because a lot of it doesn't relate to us in our world today. Yeah. So even I was thinking when you were talking there, Aaron, like, like. Those who save their lives will lose it, but those who lose their lives for my sake will save it. Yeah. Well, we don't lose our lives in the Western world anymore. So maybe it's that those who save their reputations will lose it, mm. and those who lose their reputations will save it. It's something like that, because it has to get into our culture today. Yeah. Because back then, we make it all metaphorical. It's yeah. all like, well, no one gets crucified anymore, so that just means yeah. take up your invisible cross and then carry it on. Yeah. Uh, but but like, we actually have to bring it into, I don't know, into, am, into our society I am society denying today. myself by not having meat on Friday. Yes. It's like, what? You like, we really well, think that's the end of Christianity. Yeah, great Jesus start. Christ great start. suffered and died. Yes. So that we would simply abstain okay. from right. meat on Friday. Okay, so orientation, more. orientation number one would, would be would be to see persecution as the blessing which it is. Mm-hmm. Um, orientation number two would be, would be not, don't root yourself in fear of persecution um, by, we, uh, we avoid the fear of persecution mm-hmm. when we avoid the fear of of not being accepted by others, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That 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 Father, you spoke my identity into being. You called me who I am. They didn't make me. They can't break me, right? What you yeah. didn't give to me, you can't mm-hmm. take away. Yeah. And when I mm-hmm. when I find myself rooted in the fact that God speaks mm-hmm. identity into my heart, mm-hmm. that's where I find myself mm-hmm. in peace. I think. So what what does our response to persecution naturally have to be? I think there's there's two really solid responses, and the first one we hit on, which is you've got to be excellent. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, the um, why? Why? Because if you're not pursuing excellence, then the little stuff that's that's going to trip you up from from friction and contention is going to wreck your ministry, mm-hmm. right? Um, there were there were a hundred times, Dan, where where you and I felt in our early age, and I mean, still today, mm-hmm. where you know, I'm I'm tempted on a on a weekly basis maybe to throw in the towel, yeah, right, and that stuff is not going to be overcome. Well, that stuff's going to be overcome by by me learning to be a greater leader. Yeah, right. That stuff's going to be overcome by by us learning how to how to how to speak in a way that, that reveals the gospel more clearly. Want mm-hmm. to contend, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I, I don't want that that point to be to go unheard. Yeah, that that there are some of us who who believe that we're in a place of of a true persecution and ministry, and what the Lord's inviting you into is is to grow in excellence yeah. and to be like to be docile. Mm-hmm. And be ready to be transformed. Yeah. To be ready to be to be formed in, in a way that 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 I can I can live a life that that's worthy of of carrying the name of the church. Mm-hmm. Right. The final final response that I want to toss out there just for reflection today is um, to orient our heart in honor and humility. So in the face mm-hmm. of persecution, mm-hmm. to orient mm-hmm. our heart in honor and humility. Dan, you were speaking earlier about one of the most significant persecutions that I think we we truly experienced here at here at Damascus. And um the the reaction of our community in that moment was one that didn't feel right, 
but that we knew was right in our heart, which was to gather together and um, in, a, in a sheer act of the will to, to orient ourselves from a place of honor and thankfulness. And mm-hmm. actually, we actually, I remember we, we gathered up in the, in the auditorium here at Damascus and we hosted a, a, prayer, a prayer meeting to, to pray blessing over, over the one who had, who had really mm-hmm. come out in persecution mm-hmm. in, a, in an attempt to, to wreck our, our mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I, in this, I, I hear like, like three kind of points that I, I think are just so, so key, right? So like when persecution comes, we need to find blessing, right? Yeah. We need to fear God, not man. Yeah. And we need to find excellent honor and find excellence and honor. Yeah. And I think um, when those three things happen, right? So persecution comes Brad's way from whoever, like um, someone uh, doesn't appreciate what the Catholic faith stands for, right? And persecution comes. Well, let me let me actually find the blessing in this, Lord, because now I'm actually able to have a conversation about you. Help me handle it the best I can, right? Let me fear God and not man. Like, I'm not going to fear the response this person's having. I'm going to fear you, Lord, and actually what would happen if I don't give yeah. this person an opportunity to say yes to you. Yeah. And then third, find excellence and honor. And like in that, I want to find excellence in myself and honor for the other. That's what I want to do. I want, I want to find an ass, like that person, again, if we're following, we've talked about this before, but Aquinas says that we're all, we're all like, we're actually all oriented towards the good. Yeah. Like that person thinks it's a good by confronting me. Yeah. Even if it's totally twisted and wrong, yeah. they think it's good to tell me how bad the church is. Yeah. Well, I can honor their pursuit of good yeah. at, a, at a base level. Absolutely. And I can find excellence in me of I stood athwart that persecution. Yeah. Well, I, and how did that work? I just love that honor that Jesus shows on the cross actually converts like the uh, the Roman who falls to his knees and says, surely this was the son of God. And, but I just think about like the Lord, his prayer, like, Father, forgive them for they, they know, know not what, what they do. Yeah. Like, and it's not this arrogance of like, yeah. I know what I'm doing and they don't know what they're doing, which I yeah. think sometimes we <laughs> like, that's where we're not excellent, right? Like, we're like, yes. oh man, I'm right and they're wrong. So I'm going to go forward and I'm going to get persecuted. So many memories. Yes. <laughs> they arrogance, don't know. No, right? they don't know. Yeah. Lord, and they don't know. They don't know. And so, like, how, and so many, like, I just think about the way we speak of our, like, uh, and I fall into this too, just like our even our politics and the or the the way the world is going right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like they know not what they're doing, and like you said, they're actually fighting for good. So yeah. the people on the other side of the 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 table that are opposed to Christianity, they have a perceived yeah. good that they're fighting for. <laughs> whether that's being pro-choice, whether that is like giving <laughs> the freedom for women to choose, whether that's helping like young people have gender like identity for themselves, like <laughs> they have these. Well, because go to the heart of that, the gender good. identity is well, because we want that person to be able to be accepted. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's no, a good. That's, it's a perceived. It's a good. Yeah, no, I don't think gender identity good. gets us there. Yeah, but again, exactly. it's, it's it's just a so, means. It's a means question. Yeah, not a, not every, a. There's every single. With no matter who I disagree with, I can find yeah. a common value with that person. One hundred percent. And so, like, how do we? How do we actually like have that disposition of the heart with the Lord that they know not what they're doing, and so because of that. I can be patient and loving towards them and not 
uh, and just receive what's happening. Patient, kind, slow to anger, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like, who does that sound like? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, me? No, I'm just <laughs> Hope, Hopefully, right? Hopefully, more and more. <laughs> so, 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 humility and honor—they walk hand in hand. And um, I think that's maybe the last, uh, the the last thought that I'll leave us with today, which is um, Pope, Pope Francis identifies Saint Paul. He says, "Remember Saint Paul's journey." when he thought he was a righteous person, but he was actually the persecutor, right? Wow. And when he discovered that he was the persecutor, he became a man of love who happily faced the suffering of the persecution he suffered. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like that, that when, we walk in, when we walk in excellence, when we walk in honor, when we walk in humility, mm-hmm. we may just find that we weren't right, yep. right? And, and what we can do by this is, is we, we can model to the world what it's like to actually exist in a place where I, I'm, I'm willing to be corrected, I'm willing to be changed, Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to I'm willing to be transformed yeah. to have to have the Lord speak in such a way that it that it changes the orientation of my heart. Well, yeah, and isn't it powerful that the two adjectives that Jesus uses to describe Himself is that He's meek and humble of heart, right? Yeah. And that that humility is pivotal, right? We've talked about that before, but just the idea that humility coming from that same word, like human hummus, like the ground, and then also meekness. You know, like if we can embody those two things, we can uh, yeah. we can really do something. Good, you guys are awesome. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing your hearts today. Uh, Friends, thank you for joining us for Beyond Damascus. We are the show where encounter meets mission. Um, Once again, uh, today's, today's show took a little, a little detour from kind of our our normal routine. And I hope it was, it was a blessing for you. My, my, my heart today is that there are, there are many of you who are listening to today's show for whom this has struck a chord and been a word of, of conviction and, um, and a word of encouragement. So once again, to, to summarize today's message, find blessing, uh, fear God, not man, mm-hmm. um, seek excellence, and operate from a place of honor and humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- these, are, these are some of the keys that I think, I think we've, we've sort of wrapped ourselves around today that when we, when we realize that, 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 that persecution is a reality of a life lived as Christian, right? That we can come to receive the grace of what, mm-hmm. what the Lord promises about, which is uh, which is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, be not afraid. Right? So thanks for joining us today. Uh, we love you. We pray for you. Um, we, we, we pray that this show was a blessing in your life. If it was, uh, like and subscribe to this channel and please share it with someone who you think might need it most. Um, catch us back here again next week at Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. God bless. 